Good day, everyone. I know y'all are used to hearing Brother Greg introduce himself, but we're taking over the podcast for this episode. My name is Kevin. My name is Preston. And uh, I don't drink coffee. How about you? No, can't stand it. So instead of, uh, you know, coffee, we're going to be over here playing chess. So think of this segment, Chess and Jesus, instead of Coffee (laughs) and Jesus. Uh, but our our first ep- episode, we'll call it, uh, I think we're going to do a lot of talking about uh, the book of Matthew, the first book in the New Testament. Uh, so with that, that, with that being said, go ahead and start my first move. So if you hear the random check uh, said, <laughs> that's what's happening. So Matthew, the tax collector, he was a... Uh, they say in the book it was a uh, Jew written for Jews. Yes, correct, yes. Or uh, for Jews written by a Jew. So he was a tax collector, and uh, something I also learned while reading it and from talking to you, he was also a very detailed person. Yes, he had to be in his job to be uh, concise with the record keeping because the, the he had to report ultimately to Romans, and uh, they were... Uh, worry about their money, so they they want to keep up the what they took in. But the problem with the tax collector was they would skip a little bit. They would keep some of it for themselves, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's why they were so hated. They charged what the Romans wanted and put a little extra in it for themselves. So it's not really a good job to have. You're hated by the Romans, hated by the Jews. Wow. It makes you wonder, you know, Matthew's mindset doing that job, uh, just being hated by everybody. I think it was because he got paid well, and I guess he kind of set his own hours, set his own pay, so to speak. And so he enjoyed the uh, more money than most people his own uh, contemporary at the time, because most of them were uh, fishermen and, and just tradesmen, and here he was making... Exorbitant, exorbitant amounts of money where they, his people around him didn't. So I guess he figured that the trade off was, hey, I'm living pretty good. Yeah. So uh, Matthew being a detail oriented person, you know, it showed uh, in his writing because, you know, you, you mentioned that last time we talked. And I just now noticed it while going into the book of Mark. Mark was like, here's a snapshot of everything. And Matthew is like very, he's, te- he's basically setting the mood of everything. Like even, like it was like uh, if you ever watch TV and then it says what happened on this episode and it just goes through a brief glimpse. Mm-hmm. That's what I felt like it was going from Matthew to Mark. Gotcha. Uh, but with Matthew being so detail oriented, you know, him knowing stuff before he actually joined Christ in his walk makes me wonder, um, you know, is there a possibility that he spoke with uh, Joseph and Mary? Well, there is a good good possibility he spoke with Mary and possibly Joseph before uh, he became an adult. But his dad, Joseph, was probably dead by the time of the uh, crucifixion. And we go into that little detail about why I think that. But so he could have spoken to him in his duties as a tax collector before his death, but at his crucifixion, uh, and I can show you later in a different episode 
how I believe that Joseph was already gone whenever uh, Jesus was crucified. But yeah, he, he would have had records, even if he didn't talk directly, he would have had records because they had to go pay taxes every year and they had to uh, report income, report all that stuff, and who their uh, lineage were. So they were very, uh, they really put a lot of pride in their lineage, so to speak. Then uh, you see that also, the, the Pharisees all the time talk about we're a child of Abraham, we're a son of Abraham. They really uh, put a lot of, uh, pride into who their ancestors were. So that would have been, like we, it's first of Matthew, we will read about the uh, uh, lineage. They knew that because they really, really put uh, emphasis on that. Yeah. Yeah, because I noticed in the beginning of Matthew is that it, it mentions, it separates the generations by 14 generations. Yes. And I was wondering, is there a specific reason? Is for, Like, is there a reason for 14? Like, that's a good question. And I actually did a little study on it myself. Uh, I don't have it in front of me. I guess I get it in front of me right now. But it said there's 14 generations. Let me get to that. I don't want to put anything out there that I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, it says there was in Matthew 1 and 17. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. Uh, that's whenever, you know, Abraham was a verse, kind of like the father of the Israel, Israel nation. Uh, not, he was Isaac's dad, who was Jacob's dad, who was actually the father of Ab- uh, Israel. But anyway, Abraham to David was 14 generations, David being the second king. Mm-hmm. Uh, then from David to carry away of Babylon was 14 generations. And then the carry away of Babylon under Christ of 14 generations. I questioned that myself a few months back. Why is there 14, 14, 14? And is there anything that we should look at from the 14th of Christ on out? And I didn't, Really find out anything conclusively. I'm still, uh, I got an idea, but I don't want to put out something that I'm not 100% sure on. So I don't know why it's 14, 14, and 14, uh, so to speak. Yeah. Well, it's, it's amazing though, like the records that they kept, you know, in, in our growing age right now, we, we're technical everything. Oh, yeah. And we have so much technology. Uh, but as far as, you know, Tracking down your lineage as far back as, you know, what was it, 28 generations altogether? Or no, there was three, so it be 42, wasn't it? 30, uh, yeah, 42. Back 42 generations. That's a long way. That's back. a long way. I'm having a hard time getting past like three generations on ancestry. Yeah, I did the same thing. So it, it's, it's amazing how in some areas we grew, but in a lot of areas we shrunk. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we were near as proud of our history as they were because that to them was everything because they, they could trace it back to Abraham, which was a friend, was Bible calls a friend of God. Mm-hmm. So they kind of, that was to them was very, very important. Even today, Jews today are really, really important of their lineage. If you look at, uh, at Paul, he, he says he's of the tribe of Benjamin. You know, he's, he's proud of that lineage. You know, he, he goes through all the different kinds of, uh, not really pride, but uh, uh, what do you say? He was he's because of pride, but not yeah. like a, a a bad kind of pride. He was happy and proud to be uh, of the tribe of Benjamin. Yeah, uh, and that was part of the Southern Kingdom. We'll get into that in another issue as well, I guess. But uh, the lineage to them meant everything. 
And that's also because they need to know where to go pay taxes. Like so, I mean, if you read the story of uh, Mary and Joseph, they had to leave where they were, were at and go to the city of Bethlehem. Why? Because they had to go to the city of their father, which was not Joseph's original father, but way back in the line, back to the city of David, because he was like a great, 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 great grandfather, mm-hmm. whatever. So they had to know those things or they were in the wrong town. Kind of like if you try to go vote and yeah. you go to the wrong precinct, they don't they won't let you vote. Yeah. Because you, your name's on the roll. Well, they had those, those record keepers back in those days. So like you said, with all our technology, we're behind first century Jews. <laughs> so. Yeah, and that, and I found that it's amazing. You know, I was you know I was sitting there thinking, uh, from Abraham to David to Joseph, you know, I think God specifically chose that line yes. right there, mm-hmm. um, for the reason I don't know why, but you know, it, it's just it's because you you see most of these names mentioned in the Old Testament mm-hmm. that were mentioned in the New Testament, just in the map chapter or. First of Matthew. Yes. Like you see David, David's mentioned. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember something about Obed of Ruth. Mm-hmm. He was mentioned. Yep. And there are some other names that I'm pretty sure were mentioned that I just can't pronounce right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got Solomon, Asa, Josephat, all those guys. Well, we know it came from David because he, he promised to David that he would have a king come out of his lineage. And he was, and Jesus is the ultimate king of kings, you yeah. know, so it was prophesied many years before. So, um, but there was, he had several children. I don't know that he picked every single sibling out of every single set. I don't know if he picked those, but I know he picked David to bring it forth, his, his son, Jesus. So that was back in the Old Testament of the prophecy. And, you know, switching over back to Joseph, you, you got to kind of admire the man a little bit because, you know, he was going to marry Mary, mm-hmm. and, but, you know, found that she was already with child. And reading back in history, before that, that was to be stoned. Oh, yeah, that was not a good thing. I mean, it's not good now. But in those days, it was just a complete disgrace that they would do something like that, you know. And the fact of the matter is, is... He was, he was, like I say, he was a kind and just man, not wanting to put her out. Mm-hmm. You know, he was going to do something secretly. Yeah. But, you know, here comes God in a dream or an angel of God in a dream mm-hmm. and saying, fear not. What is conceived in her is the, uh, the Holy Ghost. Exactly. And I'm just like, you know, today's world would have a hard time believing something like that. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. I, I'm not saying that it was probably easy for them to believe that either. But uh, it was just, it was just, it, it just reminded me, or it just shows how uh, kind Joseph was and how spiritual Joseph was to be able to be told that, believe it, and accept it, and accept it. He, he was definitely not obligated. Uh, whenever she was found with a child, that kind of broke because they were had an espousal period. He said she was espoused. Uh, she was espoused to Joseph. That means kind of like engaged, but in those days, being engaged was more than just hitting a, a promissory um, ring or whatever. It was, you were, it was an unconsummated marriage, but that was. Mm-hmm. You were already legally married, because that's why she went with him to be taxed, even though she wasn't actually in the consummation of the marriage, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So she was already uh, promised to him. He could have easily said, you know what, I ain't raising no kid like that. It's not my kid. You do what you, he could have had a stone, he got a when he says that he tried to put her away, probably put her away is a biblical term for divorcing. Yeah. 
And, you know, that that's just great how he, he didn't want to harm Mary. Exactly. And you know, a lot of people of this generation would just want to fight and bicker about it. And, you know, we see in the early mm. where we need to learn from our first generations over here, you know, that not always to be so rash. Mm-hmm. We have the benefit of history. We, we see it from... From to now, from now to two thousand years ago, this is a guy living that day. Never happened before. There was no other version before that or after, mm-hmm. and he's got to believe what he heard in a dream. Yeah. So I mean, it took a lot of faith, and uh, you have to admire the man like that, you know. Oh yeah, you have to admire the <laughs> amount of faith that he did. And you know, this is not the only time where Joseph has to trust a dream, mm-hmm. because. Soon later, you know, you, Mary has the child, and now we're getting to where the wise men are starting to speak, you know, or the prophets starting to speak about the star rising, and underneath it would be the king of Jews. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, this, and this is where you know you also get with Herod the king, and he's conniving. Oh yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's yeah. like, I'm not going to tell anybody that I am, you know, troubled by this, but I want to go worship this oh, king, yeah. governor, king. You know, that's why he inquired of the wise man to be like, hey, find him and bring word to me so that I may worship him. Mm-hmm. But he had no intention of actually worshiping him. No, he was going to kill him. Yeah. And, you know, the wise men set off. They followed the star until it came above them. And uh, I guess that's, you know, at this part, though, it, it seems like where we get confused with Jesus' birth being on the, the they say a lot of people think it was the 25th of Christmas mm-hmm. and the nativity scene. It doesn't sound like he was still in a manger at this no, point. No, he was actually a young child. The reason I say that, uh, he was about two years old. Whenever um, the, the wise men got there, he had already been, Joseph had already been warned of an angel to take him out of there because Herod's going to take care of him and try to kill him. And so when these, Joseph, not Joseph, but uh, Herod had all the children killed under two years old. If he was in the, in the manger, he would just kill all the infants. Yeah. He killed all the ones two years old. Notice he will make sure he got, got the one, you know. Mm-hmm. That's why I say that when, the, when it also says in, when the wise men got there, they said they found the young child, not an infant. Yeah. So they didn't get there. They didn't have an uh, uh, Amtrak or something to get there really quick. They had to walk from the Far East to get there, you know? Yeah, and, you know, for them to walk, you know, that shows how the wise men was in belief, too, because that's a long, probably a long, hard, treacherous journey. You know, we have, you know, Nikes and stuff to cover our feet where they had maybe an inch of leather <laughs> if they were lucky. Yeah. Um, and I was, I just can't imagine walking that and, just with that inch of leather. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, we get where the wise men come. Uh, they worship him. They present him with three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Mm-hmm. And that's the proper way to say it, right? Gold, yes. frankincense, that's and it. myrrh. Because mm-hmm. uh, that's the order you have to mention it, because if you mention it any other order, it's just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I've been told or anyway. Yeah, I don't know if that's way. true or not, but it's easy to remember that way. Yeah, it kind of rolls off the tongue. Mm-hmm. So at that part... As far as the nativity scene is concerned, they got that part correct. Yes. They got the three wise men correct. Yeah, well, they're not even sure if it's three. Um, All we know is there's three gifts. Yes. There could have been ten guys with gold, ten guys with silver, ten, or, or uh, frankincense, and ten with myrrh. We don't know that. We just know there were some wise men, and they had three gifts. So that, that must be known for sure. We anticipate, we, we 
think there was three, but there's no concrete evidence of the three. Just three gifts. Really? Okay. So that, that that's kind of interesting to learn too as well. Because I guess in the Bible it doesn't say, it doesn't specifically say, say three wise men. It just says wise men. He inquired of the wise men. Yes, yeah, exactly. And men is the plural term. So we at least know it's more than one. More than one, and there's three gifts. And there's three it gifts. It could have been two. We don't know exactly. All we know is three gifts and multiple men. Yes. For sure. But, you know, this is, again, where we get to the point where, you know, both Joseph and the wise men have an amount of faith because angel warned both of them. Mm-hmm. Because if the wise men were to return to Herod, they would have... They probably wouldn't have left that castle at that point. Oh, yeah. He probably would have wiped him out, too. And, you know, he's telling Joseph to flee to Egypt, which I'm guessing from his location was probably the closest, safest area. Yeah, it's not too far. uh, To get with a, you know, woman and a child. So, you know, they tell him to stay there for a long... uh, I'm not quite sure how long they stayed there. It didn't say how long. It didn't say how long that I read, but it was several years until Harry died. You can probably look up in history how long Herod lived and kind of uh, laid across the uh, timeline of Jesus, but it was a few years. Yeah, and uh, they didn't they didn't come out until God told them through a prophet, yeah. right? Yeah. Right through another angel, or through another angel. Yeah, he says now it's safe to come back because Herod is dead. Yeah. And another instance where the angel was talking is when the wise men, not wise men, the shepherds. We're in the field. Now, that happened that night. It said, for unto you this day, in the city of David is born a, a, ch- a child. So they came that night. So they were at the nativity scene, so to speak, uh, because they were just outside the city watching their sheep. That's another reason we know that it didn't happen on December the 25th, because that would have been uh, too cold to have sheep out in the field and them staying out there in the field. They it was sometime, they think, around late September. We don't know that for sure. We know it wasn't December. And, and maybe a little so we can go into why December 25th is used. It's about paganism, and people don't like that, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, we just got to take it for uh, its actual historical facts. It is. We do know that Jesus was born. Yes. For sure. So, And, it, and in, the, in the Scripture, nobody but Herod celebrated their own birthday. Nobody celebrated birth. Did you know that there's no nobody in in recorded history in the scriptures, but Herod, which is a pagan king, celebrated his birthday. That's whenever the, uh, John the Baptist lost his head on uh, his birthday because he was um, having a big party for his birthday. Mm-hmm. He Salome and her daughter came in, and she came in, did the little dance, asked for the head, head of John the Baptist. He lost his head on Herod's birthday. It's the only recorded that I've seen birthday celebration in the Bible. I'm not saying it wrong. I'm just saying it, biblically there's only one listed that I know of. We don't hear of Jesus' birthday, mm-hmm. but we know for sure he was born. And this, and, and with you saying that, this is the same Herod that sought Jesus' life yes. as uh-huh. a child. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that kind of makes the timeline a little weird or a little weird for me. Uh, so because Jesus also gets baptized by John the Baptist, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. He does. That's how he entered his ministry. He's 30 years old. Mm-hmm. John is his actual cousin. It's Jesus' cousin. Um, his mother was six months pregnant when Jesus, uh, whenever Mary met her to stay there. So she, that way they could prove that it was not Joseph's child. Well, so John Baptist is about six months older than Jesus, but he's his cousin. Okay. And 
it seems like from an early stage, John the Baptist knew who Jesus was. Oh, yes. Yes. From the womb. Whenever whenever uh, Mary came and she said she spoke to uh, John's mom, Mm -hmm. she spoke to Mary. And when she did, the baby in the womb was filled with the Holy Spirit. And he jumped inside the womb because he heard the voice of Mary. No. Mm -hmm. Now, Herod, did you know Herod is not his name? No. Herod is his title. Oh, okay. Because you can have multiple Herods. Yeah, because that's where I was getting confused because it seemed like if John was decapitated and then before Herod, because like I thought Herod was a name. No, there's Herod Antipas, Herod, it's different ones. Okay. Herod is a, that's like Caesar, Caesar's not a name. Caesar is a title. Caesar Augustus, Caesar this, Caesar uh, Julius, Caesar, all these, yeah. uh, they're, they're a title. Uh, so Herod is a, and like Tetrarch, I've just learned recently that Tetrarch is not named, is a title. Okay. Tetrarch is one of, it's a, a four-part governorship of four different emperors in the, in the Roman Empire. So Herod, when you see that name, just because it said Herod doesn't mean it's the same guy. Okay. Yeah, and, you know, that's very interesting as well. I didn't, you know... I didn't know Herod. I thought Herod was just the name. I was like, oh, okay, King Herod. <laughs> uh, and then I got confused when I read King Herod again. I was like, wait a minute. This, this guy's guy. everywhere. <laughs> it was like, how did he come back? Did I miss something here? But uh, after Herod was his son, and Joseph feared his son as well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they were coming back from Egypt. After being called back from Egypt, they were heading back. And uh, they got diverted to Nazareth. This is where, you know, he gets the Nazarene. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Very important to know that he is a Nazarene and not a Nazarite. You know the difference in those? No. Okay. A Nazarite was something that anybody who could, it's kind of like a, I'm, I don't want to downplay, but like a club you could join. Mm-hmm. And by joining that club, you take on certain rites and rituals. I won't cut my hair. I won't cut my beard for a while. I won't drink strong drink. I won't eat certain kind of foods. I won't wear certain kind of clothes. And that was for a certain, it's like a, a certain period of sanctification that you would set yourself apart for that. That was a Nazarite, which was Samson. Samson was a Nazarite. Okay. Jesus was a Nazarene because the town he lived at, he was he grew up in Nazareth. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, uh, I'm from North Carolina. Yeah. So I'm a North Carolinian. Mm-hmm. Well, he's a Nazarene. Because he was from Nazareth. Okay. So if you see Nazarene, that's just a, that's just a, a, a citizen of Nazareth. Mm-hmm. A Nazarite could be anybody who took that vow. And that vow, Samson didn't take the vow of Nazareth. He was given that vow from his birth because his mama gave him that vow. Okay. Okay, so that makes sense why Samson lost his power when he cut the hair. Because apparently you weren't supposed to cut your hair. Yeah. So that, that fills in a gap of knowledge for me. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Um. But what was the what was the deal with Nazareth? Because I think I, I remember in some scriptures, like something good came from Nazareth. Yeah. Okay. Whenever uh, one of the disciples, it's kind of like a place. It's like the armpit of, of the Middle East. They, nothing good comes out of Nazareth. You know, it's kind of like. And and I don't mean to. I shouldn't say it on line, I guess. Anyway, we got a certain town that we think that is not anything good come from that certain town. And we think, well, ain't nothing coming from that town that's worth having any. Well, the Nazareth town wasn't known for its uh, wealth, prosperity, wasn't known for its uh, intellectuals. It was not a good place. And so that's where he grew up at. 
he grew up in Nazareth. He was born in Bethlehem, the city of David, his mm-hmm. uh, lineage father. But he, he stayed in two years, I think it was two years, a couple of years over in Egypt. Then he brought from Egypt to Nazareth. That's where he went to school. He was, grew up until he was 30 years old and entered the ministry. Mm-hmm. So he was a Nazarene, but so was Mary and so were others. There's a lot of people are about Nazarene. Just because uh, whoever lived in Nazareth became a Nazarene because that's their place of they lived. Mm-hmm. Like you are now a North Carolinian because you live in North, North Carolina. Carolina. Yeah. But to, to join the Nazarites would be something like, and I don't mean to, to bring it down this low, but kind of like joining a, the Boy Scouts or Joey. Yeah. So I learned the Boy Scout mm-hmm. motto, the Boy Scout handshake, Boy Scout. Same kind of deal, you know. Uh, Nazarite, Nazarene are different because the Jesus was Nazarene, not Nazarite. Samson was Nazarite, not Nazarene. Okay. Yeah, so maybe we're going to pause for a second because I believe it's your move. I've been waiting on you. I've been waiting on you. <laughs> <laughs> um, because when you stopped to go look at something in the Bible, you didn't actually move your piece. So that's oh, what, like, what did oh. you like move? Um, you going to edit this part out? Yeah. Well, no, probably. You don't have to, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just it's a little, little break right here. I believe I moved my knife. Okay, I've been sure. waiting the whole time on you. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So, we need to get one of them chest clocks then. Oh, yeah, exactly. So we know who's on. But um, getting back to the study here. So he was a Nazarene. Yes. And uh, that's where, you know, he went to school, studied, uh, did a lot of things with Joseph, probably. I'm sure Joseph probably taught him carpentry because Joseph was a carpenter. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he would have been a. Probably following in the footsteps of his dad, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is this is kind of like the starting, so to speak, of everything. Well, not quite the starting, but from that chunk, now we're into Jesus' childhood. We don't really see too much about that. You hear one instance where he goes they go every they go every year to the temple to make sacrifice. And when they do that, um, they all left town. And, and it was not like we get in the car and leave and we were just our little small family. It was, a, I guess, some people who were going from Nazareth. Nazareth, they all came as a group, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they thought, well, Mary Kiss thought, well, Joseph is with uh, his cousin or his nephew. Because he had brothers and sisters at this time. Because mm-hmm. he had four brothers and a couple, at least two sisters. And he, they might have thought he was with them. And uh, they got... Two days, two days journey away, and a day's journey in those days typically was about twenty miles. So looking at about forty miles away from Jerusalem, so I look around. Hey, anybody seen Jesus? Nope, I ain't seen him. Oh, you know, he, he, could you imagine losing a kid forty miles behind you, not knowing who, where he's at? Yeah, yeah, I mean, in today's world, you know, cell phones, police officers, all oh, that. Yeah. And nowadays, no, you just had word of mouth, mm-hmm. and you couldn't depend on the Roman soldiers. You didn't actually. have the, the Amber Alert. <laughs> no, you didn't have the Amber Alert. You didn't have the buzzing phone or nothing like that. Could you imagine, though, it took two days out to realize, and two days back. So you're four days away from him, <sighs> and don't know he's gone. And, and then they come back, and they find him in this temple teaching. He wasn't learning. He was teaching the, the, the teachers. And... Uh, that's when he said, why are you uh, doing us this way? He said, that must be about my father's business. But his father was a, well, his earthly father was a carpenter, and he wasn't in there building shelves. No. <laughs> so he was talking about his heavenly father. And I think Mary 
uh, picked up on that. She knew what he was talking about because she says, and Mary pondered these things in her heart. She, she's, she's adding all her stuff up. You know, hey, mm-hmm. I heard about it. If, if, if Joseph questioned her virgin birth, one person or another didn't marry. She knew. She was there when it happened. So she knew. <laughs> so if anybody knew, she knew. So that that's great. You know, that's basically the only time we actually hear of well, yeah, one, that account. One, one account. And uh, after that, you know, I think it cuts to uh, him being baptized. Yes. Mm-hmm. So One thing about it, though, uh, before you go any further, mm-hmm. when he's 12 years old, yeah. when you hear about the story about him coming out of the temple and he said, I'm going to be about my father's business. One thing I like about it, it says... And he learned, and he grew, and he learned obedience. He's just the son of God. Mm-hmm. But he he knew how to be God. He had to learn how to be man. Yeah. He didn't, he did not be a man. He had to learn that uh, because he is a fully God and fully man. Yeah, I mean, so, it, that that would have probably took a bit of a learning curve right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's great that they actually, you know, decided, or that they said that he learned uh, that because I think that uh, that completely adjusted everything uh, to make sure you know Jesus was the way he was. Um, so now we're after that we're skipping to the part where he gets baptized by John the Baptist, mm-hmm. and I found that great because you know this is again where Matthew had to speak to somebody or had to have it told to him. What happened? Yeah, exactly. Because he wasn't quite there yet. Nope. He's still taking taxes. Yeah, he's still taking taxes. He's still being hated by the people. <laughs> um, but he's still he's still not quite there yet. But the fact is, he still included it in his story or his book. Um, and that would have been something to watch right there. You know, Jesus getting uh, baptized because says after he came out of the water, a dove descended upon him and light shone upon him and the voice of God, this is my son who I am well pleased. One thing important there is in the Old Testament, the spirit of God would come down periodically. Mm-hmm. Like on Samson, he came down and anointed him to do this, anointed him to do that, anointed him to help catch 300 foxes to set their, t- their tails on fire, to burn their field down. And, but he didn't stay. He came, he came down at periods. He would stay, do a word, and then leave. Mm-hmm. And if you, and that scripture said, he, uh, John knew the verse says, him who you see the spirit come upon and stay. So the spirit came down. If he would have came down and left, he wouldn't have been the anointed one. Yeah. But because the spirit actually stayed on him, uh, that's when John said, Hey, this is the dude. This is the, this is the guy we've been looking for right here. And then that to me, and then the voice, uh, it was an audible voice that everybody could hear, you know. Uh, this is my son. And that, that just reaffirms the fact that like they heard this voice mm-hmm. and like they still doubted. <laughs> well, except for John right there. John, you know, John is like, I need to be baptized with thee and you're yeah. asking me to baptize you. Mm-hmm. Suffer it be so. And um, I'm just like, wow. I mean, it's a what, like because I'm sitting here. We have history on our side, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's how we um, should know. But there's still a lot of non-belief. Yep. But at the same time, they had 
Um, they had actual signs, you know, they had voices, they had Jesus himself. And I'm just like, that part just, it, it just wows me right there. Um, so he gets baptized by John. Here's, we all hear the voice. Um, but he actually doesn't start his journey until John gets jailed, right? Well, here's the deal. Timeline is Jesus comes to the baptism. Now, Jesus was coming to a baptism where there's already a bunch of people getting baptized. He's one of, of many. Yeah. John baptized him. A little later, goes to jail. While, while he's still baptizing, the Spirit comes down and descends. We got that part. Then the Spirit immediately takes him to the wilderness. For 40 days. 40 days and 40 nights, yes. Exactly. So he gets fast 40 days and 40 nights. Oh, good night. <laughs> I mean, we could barely, you know, if we skip breakfast on a Sunday morning and we get a long-winded oh. speech right there, we're really feeling it. Oh, we're, yeah. We're like... 40 days. And we're like, no, we're not going to order off a menu. Let's go hit up the buffet because I can kill it right now. <laughs> exactly. Get a fast start. So 40 days and 40 nights and he gets tempted. There's... uh Three temptations. There's three listed. Three listed. But I, I, this is this is when I one of those things where I say to the Lord, those three things, those three uh, temptations, co- cover the lust of flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life. I believe that there was because it says in in uh, I didn't pull this up, but it says and was tempted forty days. Mm-hmm. So we only read about three. So, Remember Matthew's not there. We only he he only recounts what maybe Jesus told him. Yeah, but. He was tempted for it for it. Now there was other things that he was tempted, him. and uh, because in Hebrews it says he's tempted in all points, and those three points don't cover all three things. Don't cover everything. Those three points, I, those things that I'm tempted with, that's not covered in those three temptations. But Hebrews says he's tempted in all points. Mm-hmm. So I believe that because of that, he was tempted in other things for this whole forty days. Yeah. Could you imagine? I hate fighting the devil a day or two or three. But 40 days, but no food, in the wilderness, there's no shelter, there's nobody around, just you and him. That'd be tough. Yeah. And I think it's also sort of setting an example as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. You know, like, hey, I know what you're going through because I went through it. Is it my turn? Uh, yes. Oh, sorry. So in, the, in a way, he's like, okay, so I went through this. I was tempted of all the things that we are tempted of now, and I and I resisted. Mm-hmm. And he gives us the ability to resist the same things. So when you're thinking, oh, God doesn't know what I'm going through, or, you know, he's never, it's a different time. Temptations are temptations. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. And so it's still the same. Um. But the way Matthew writ, uh, writ that last part, it's like uh, about the temptations and then of uh, the last temptation, it kind of, he kind of wrote it in a way, like I, I kind of heard it in the tone that Jesus was probably, it sounded like Jesus was kind of irritated mm-hmm. at being tempted uh, by the, the devil. He's like, get the hint, Satan. Mm-hmm. I think he didn't just say, get the hint, Satan. I, th- I think he said it with a stern and authoritative voice. Just like, um, it, just like if you, you know, I wouldn't say the word annoyed, but may just asserting his authority. Oh yeah. And I guess that would be rightly so. I mean, forty days, forty nights. Even if you know we don't say he was irritated, uh, I can say that we would be for sure. Oh yeah. 
He definitely exhausted. Did definitely. <laughs> <laughs> non stop temptation, 40 days. Like, man, you let me give me a break, you know? Yeah, and I, you're just like, oh, when is this going to end? Or what can I do? And you're just like, gotta, at that point, he's just got to live with it. And it's just like, wow. He endured 40 days and 40 nights of our temptation. Of temptation. He's able to get through it. He gave us power to get through it as well. Mm -hmm. And I don't think he would, I don't think he would expect us to get over temptations if he himself wasn't able to get through it. He's our example. He's our example. And that's why uh, I think, and it says, be as your father is as perfect. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if he's able to resist that and he gives us the ability to resist that, there's a way to resist it. A lot of times, though, we just give up. So, 40 days and 40 nights. I'm still getting nervous. Yeah, so, and then after that, John goes to Herod. Mm -hmm. And Herod is living with his brother Philip's wife, Mm -hmm. which is adultery. But... John could have easily preached about that in the streets and been okay. Yeah. He went straight into the courthouse and said, hey, you're in, you're in sin, buddy. And he goes to jail for that. It's not lawful for you to have her. Yeah, exactly. You're just like, ooh. Yeah, that, he's pretty bold. <laughs> I mean, he, he's got to be. Yeah. Because, you know, he was John the Baptist, which, you know, later, if I am reading Matthew right, later you find out that he was Elias. Elias' son. Elias oh, no, 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 no. Okay, I got you. Yes, he is, uh, spiritually speaking, the, the spirit of Elijah. Elias in the New Testament is speaking about Elijah. Because if you read about Elijah, he went into the wilderness and disappeared. Mm-hmm. John comes out of the wilderness. Elijah went in. Uh, he was uh, a prophet. John comes out as a prophet. So in the Old Testament, it had prophesied that John, that Elijah would come back. Mm-hmm. Well, he is the spiritual, and not, we don't believe in reincarnation, yeah. but he was the spiritual uh, imper- uh, impersonation, but uh, personification of um, John. Okay. So, yeah, because it makes sense, because in later chapters of Matthew, it says, you know, he takes, I believe it's Peter and James and John, James and John up to, and there's like, He's Transfiguration. Transfiguration. Mm-hmm. He's wearing white. You see Moses. Who, and Elijah. And Elijah. Elijah represents, it's a spiritual thing. Mm-hmm. Elijah represents the prophets. Mm-hmm. And Moses represents the law. Uh, if, you, that, that, if you read Hebrews, the first chapter, it says, God, who at sundry time, or in other words, at different times, spoken to us through the law and the prophets, Moses and Elijah, mm-hmm. they, they represent those. He said, but now in these last days, they spoke to us through his son. So it's a, a uh, progression. God uses Moses to bring the law, the prophets to preach the law, Jesus to personify the law. Okay. Like uh, he says, he says in the, that he fulfilled the entire law and prophets. Everything Moses said was coming, Jesus fulfilled it. Everything the uh, prophets prophesied, he fulfilled it. So there's nothing waiting for him to come back, he said, mercy. Okay. And that's great because there, there's still a lot of lost souls and oh, yeah. nobody, nobody wants to see anybody that's, go lost. Mm-hmm. No, that's why he's waiting so long because his mercy. 
Yeah. So John the Baptist gets jailed, mm-hmm. and then G- Jesus departs because it says when he heard John mm-hmm. was the he departs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this starts his long journey. Starts his ministry. Yep. And um, that's when we start him seeing one by one picking the or getting the disciples. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I, I'm assuming before he even started, he either knew who he was going to get or... Yeah, I would think so, yeah. I, I believe they were divinely uh, picked. And he's picked different different lifestyles. Mm-hmm. Tax collectors, fishermen. Um, and the uh, Thomas was uh, a merchant. So they had different different backgrounds, different histories and stuff. And most, some of them wouldn't even, under normal circumstances, get along. Yeah. And Peter, and James and John, Andrew as well, uh, all these guys being uh, uh, fishermen would have had to pay daily tax to, to Matthew. And you're talking about, they already don't like him anyway. <laughs> you know, and now why in the world would you pick him to go with us, Jesus? You know, and that, that might have made them question if I even want to go. If you're taking him, I ain't going, you know. Yeah. That shows you that Jesus can take a group of Different thinkers, different uh, lifestyle backgrounds, and put them together and and work. They turned the world upside down. Oh yeah, twelve men with no internet, no tablets, no no technology, no transportation, no cell phones, and they turned the world upside down. Yeah, they. Uh, they, they I think the saying goes, he took twelve ordinary men mm-hmm. and made them extraordinary. Exactly, and. Uh, that that's also that's also kind of funny because you know these were twelve men twelve men that you know were ordinary. They weren't you know big prophets mm-hmm. or big names that the people would know. You know Jesus didn't go into the pa- uh, palace and request the king. No, no, he just what he did was is he picked these twelve men and through them and through him they did many great works. You know, and he even gave, gave these men's power over unclean spirits as yep. well. And I was like, oh, man, that must have been a gift and a half right there. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But there are times where you see that they're still un- not understanding quite what's going on, though, too. Um, well, I won't say maybe that that's not the right phrase. But there's they're still not understanding Christ's teaching, I guess, because uh, let's jump ahead to the parables. You know, Jesus doesn't sit there and, just, uh, uh, you know, he doesn't actually explain the parables to the people. Mm-hmm. But when the disciples gather together, he describes them to them. Exactly. And he says, it is right for you to know these, but not of them. Mm-hmm. So it, that, that, again comes back to them being extraordinary men. But uh, Matthew finally gets told to follow Jesus in about chapter 9, I'm I'm, I'm thinking. And, you know, Jesus just says, follow me. And it's weird because, like, he just gets up and does it without question. You're thinking, you know, him being a tax collector, him being pretty, you know, he was probably pretty comfortable in his lifestyle. Mm-hmm. He just gets up and goes. The thing about it here is, too, we can be followers of Jesus and, and never change our job, never change our career, never change. 
Whenever when he asked them to follow him, mm-hmm. they had to quit their job and follow him for three and a half years. They didn't have that much vacation time, I'm sure. No. You know, this time will take off a few weeks. I'm back a few weeks. It wasn't like going on to going to camp meeting for for a week, whatever. This was a complete lifestyle change. They just dropped their nets and left. They dropped their jobs and left. Whatever they were doing, they just went. And uh, to them, there's a big, big change, you know. And you also read that you know he doesn't, you know. He doesn't even, uh, it says that he doesn't even allow them to, it was uh, the two sons to bury their dad. Mm-hmm. He says, let the dead bury their dead. Mm-hmm. Which says, hey, what you're doing here is greater than what's going to happen. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I, I just found that amazing as well. Um, I just find Matthew extremely detail-oriented that he went into such detail. I'm going to compare him uh, to the Lord of the Rings author for a second, because in, in some books, you know, just, you know, in books that we read today, it just glances over, you know, oh, the, the tree had the sun line on. But no, he went in extreme detail about to, uh, before he was with Christ until at the end of his book. Mm-hmm, exactly. And it's just like. Tons of information. And to gather that ton of information, what did he have to go through? You know, what? how long did it take him to get that information? And I wonder sometimes if he wrote this while he was with Jesus as well. Or did he jot some notes down? No, no. Because I, I know my memory is not the greatest. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> but uh, if if it was him, I mean... Then again, him being a tax collector, he probably had a pretty good memory because he's got to remember who paid and who didn't pay, and he's got to report that. So, I mean, so he picks his 12 disciples, and he travels with them. Mm -hmm, Yep. And, you know, we we see many miracles. We see him healing the blind. Uh, we see him making lame people, curing blood diseases, curing diseases all of all the things. Uh, and you know, to think to be one of those men and to see all this, that would that would have been life changing to see and. We we know that their lives were not the same after that. Um, but on the other hand, they they still they still question Chip. some of uh, some of what he was saying, or they they wouldn't question it. Oh, I can't move there. <laughs> I don't like this, but. Um, They would not um, not question, but you would just see them learning through this experience as well. He sends them off into different directions as well mm-hmm. and tells them, you know, take nothing but a stick, I'm guessing, for walking. Yeah, walk stick, yeah. And uh, now you see them just going to other towns preaching his word or telling him about the gospel, telling the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Mm-hmm. And 
that you see them come back together eventually. I'm guessing they all decided to meet in one place or they all just came back together, I guess, through the path. But that was, uh, this is also before he, uh, he showed him about uh, walking on water and, or was walking on water after they split up. Was it before or after? I can't remember. So, but they see him able to walk on water. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at the very beginning, or not the very beginning when they started their journey, but close to the beginning, you know, they, they see him call, calm the seas and the wind, or rebukes the seas and the wind. That story always intrigued me because they're on the, on the boat. Mm-hmm. It's a bad storm. Mm-hmm. It said they see somebody who looks like a ghost. Mm-hmm. And it says he appears as he would have went by. I would let him go on by. Why did you even mess with him, you know? If he was, if he's not coming towards me, let the, whatever it is, if, if I'm scared of that ghost, let it go by. Mm-hmm. But they hollered, hey, if you be Jesus, call me and I'll come out there with you. You know, I would have <laughs> let him go. Yeah. And, um, you also see where the disciples' power is a little bit limited, too, as far as, you know, unclean spirits, because there was an instance in the book of Matthew where mm-hmm. they said the disciples could not get the spirit out. And they questioned, they're like, hey, Master, why were we not able to get the spirit out? Mm-hmm. And he said, because of your unbelief. That's it. And uh, he said, for if you have faith, uh, the amount of the mustard seed, I believe he said. He said, if you have this faith, if you ask a mountain to move, it'll move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I'm just like, you don't, you don't think of him as taking that as a, uh, you don't think of that as him scolding them, so to speak. You know, he, uh, to teach him. He teaches them. Check. He's over there teaching them. And because it is, it is a bit, you know, I would ask the question if I had the, the same ability, I would be asking myself as well. Why was I not able to do this? And, um, it's just, it's just amazing throughout the book. Um, so now that we uh, we see all these things, he tells the disciples what must happen to them, and they are not they are not happy about this. We'll call it revelation, you know. They're like, no, master, be be it from. And, you know, he tells Peter to get behind me, Satan. Mm-hmm. And what's, what's the reason for that statement right there? Peter, he was looking at it carnally. Mm-hmm. Peter, remember, remember, the Jews were looking for a king, an earthly king. Mm-hmm. And if Jesus dies, because if Jesus said he's going to kill him, if Jesus dies, then his hope of getting out from the Roman Empire or, or they're dashed. So he said, that ain't happening. I ain't gonna let that happen. Without you're a king. We, we've seen the miracles. We know that you're the one God called. We're gonna make sure you, we take care of you. He thought he was doing the right. Mm-hmm. But he said, no. 
Peter, get behind me. You don't understand what you're talking about. Because it's, it's, this is why I came. Jesus knew when he left heaven why he came to earth. And that was to be the sacrifice of all humanity. Mm. And so he knew that. And he, he knew that, and he knew as well um, that there was really no avoiding mm-hmm. what was about to happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> I've seen that. Yeah, go ahead. I love that. Um, they were seeing there was just no way to avoid what was going to happen. And... Uh, he was somewhat at peace with it. Uh, very much at peace. Very much at peace. And the only time that you see him kind of a little shaken is in the mountain of Gethsemane. Mm-hmm. Is that how you said it? Oh, yeah, Mount Gethsemane. Yeah. It's a, it's a garden of Gethsemane. Garden he, goes, Gethsemane. he goes to the mountain to be crucified, Mount Golgotha. Mm-hmm. But uh, he was in Gethsemane praying. And the thing about it was, Gethsemane was not a, a one-off that's how Jesus knew where to find him at. Hey, we need supper. And, and Jesus said, well, I know where he's at. He's out praying. That's just because his nature was to pray. Mm-hmm. He said, I guarantee you, he's over here at the garden. And that's why he found it so easy. So he went to the garden to pray. And uh, as he's praying, Jesus shows up and uh, betrays him. And uh, you betrays him with a kiss. Yeah. He says, who shall ever I kiss? That's him. That, that's Take him. him. Mm-hmm. And which was funny because I'm like, surely they knew what Jesus looked like, or did yeah. they just get a bunch of strangers to go after him? Yeah, that, I never could figure that out. Why? I mean, uh, why did they not know? Well, see, we got the, the benefit of hindsight, mm-hmm. and uh, they didn't have warning posters. You know, they didn't have photography to know who he was. They just knew there's some rogue preacher. And remember, they all look a, a whole lot alike. They all the same uh, uh, nationality, all probably all the same dress attire. They didn't have a large ensemble of, of clothes, so it just made sure they got the right man, you know. So they sit there and they make sure they got the right man, and uh, it's uh, it, it it can be a bit uh, be a bit. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? So they get make sure they get the right man. So he kisses him. They start to lay hands on him mm-hmm. to capture him. And is this Peter again who draws his sword? It is, yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh, Peter's in this uh, fight <laughs> or flight type thing oh, yeah. right here. And you're sitting there wondering, what's going to happen next? You know, he smites off the ear. And in some iterations, I heard that he heals the ear. Yeah. And yeah. some, so he does heal the he puts ear. Puts it back on. Puts it back on. And just the potter right there. Oh, yeah. You see where the potter, because they compare him to the potter. So he knows how we're made. He just puts the piece back on and it, it's fixed. Yeah. But, um, really don't like this pickle you got me in, <laughs> by the way. So, this is where the terrible things start to happen. He, you know, he's taken to the church to um, be questioned. Be questioned. Mm-hmm. And you sit there and you wonder, you know, you 
you sit there and you wonder because it also says that they tried to get witnesses, but yeah. they weren't able to find any. No, because it, they, they falsely accused him, you know. And then, you know. You're in check. Oh, I am sorry. Sorry. And then at this point, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't say anything. He is quiet. And, um, they don't, they don't have anything on him until, you know, the chief priest demands him to answer mm -hmm. a, certain, uh, a question. And when he answers the question, he's answering truthfully, oh, yeah. but he's like, what more do we need? But, you know, then he gets delivered up on to, uh, to Pilate. And Pilate knows that what's happening isn't right. He says this, it seems like when he, he knows it's somewhat of a setup from what I read, from my yeah. understanding. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's just funny that, you know, we're over here thinking, oh, it's a setup. Um, and, uh, but he still entertains it. Then again, it feels like he was uh, under a lot of peer pressure, so to speak, to um, to release Barabbas mm -hmm. because that was the option: release yeah. Barabbas, who was a murderer, or release Jesus, who was completely innocent. And you're trying to sit there and you're trying to weigh everything out there, and it's just. Just like, why they pick this? And I'm guessing because the chief priest is the one that pushed. Yeah, because there was more than one priest that probably pushed everybody just to, you know, say this certain thing. Mm -hmm. Or say what they wanted. Just like um, when Herod's birthday, the daughter goes to the mother and say, hey, he says he'll give me anything. What do you want? And uh, he was bound by oath. And then it sounds like that Pilate was peer pressured by the people. So naturally let Barabbas go and they crucified Jesus. Mm -hmm. And this is uh, when we see uh, Peter again, denying thrice, three, 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 three times before the, the cock crows. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, and it was funny because, like, he he's like, no, that's not going to happen. But Jesus was like, before it ha before the cock crows three times, it'll happen. Mm -hmm. So he already knew every plan, every step, every foot, everything that was yeah. about to happen. Mm -hmm. um, and even after you know Jesus was crucified, hanging on the cross, people still tormented him, say, if oh, yeah. be, you know, release yourself, free yourself from the cross. Well, believe it him. Yeah, and then the two thieves beside him, they start like that as well. Mm -hmm. But then one's like, "We're here. For, we're here because what we did. We, we did yeah. something wrong. This guy ain't done nothing wrong. He ain't done nothing wrong." He said, "Jesus, when you come into kingdom, remember me." You know. And then that's when that thief, he's like, and he he met he met in the qualification to be saved. He he wanted repentance. He don't take a big, uh, long speech. God knows your heart. Mm-hmm. God knows your heart and he knows, he knows what, uh, 
is truly in it. Mm-hmm. That's why, you know, that thief was saved. The other one, not yeah, so. Yeah, he wasn't, exactly. Because um, he wasn't guilty, or he wasn't remorseful. He didn't want to repent. He didn't repent. He's just like, hey, get us out of here. Yep. That's all he cared about. And uh, so now that we're, you know, coming to the end, you know, we may do a part two to finish up Matthew into maybe Mark, mm-hmm. because it's basically the same thing. Yeah. We could talk about Mark a little bit, and then it's Luke next, right? Mm-hmm. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, yep. And Luke starts off completely different than Matthew and Mark. Mm-hmm. So what we'll do is, because you about got me in checkmate anyways, that's not too far from it. Um, I think we've had a good stopping point okay. with the crucifixion. Uh, are there any thoughts that you would like to impart before? None that I can think of right now, but uh, we covered we covered a large space from birth till death yeah. in a few minutes, so that's kind of quite a bit. Yeah, for once for one uh, podcast. For one podcast, yeah, and you know, if we want us to break it down more, we will. In future, you just bring your questions and concerns, and I'll try to play off of that. Yeah. Uh, so Mine, mine's definitely had lips. <laughs> <laughs> Mine as well. So if there's any questions, we'd love to say, love to hear them. Comments, we'd love to hear them. And if this is something that you enjoyed listening to, we'd love to hear it as well. So we thank you for taking time to listen to this podcast. This is our first one. So uh, remember, we're, this is our uh, pilot. Pilot episode. <laughs> yeah. So it's a pilot episode. So... Any criticism is going to be taken with a warm heart, even if you say, eh, you guys aren't all that great. That's fine. So we greatly appreciate you taking the time to listen. God bless and have a wonderful day.